Hello again, and welcome back to the Red Dwarf intro cast. Uh, we are back from uh, a nice holiday, and glad to be recording again, especially on such an awesome episode as this. Uh, on this show, we talk about Red Dwarf, because it's a pretty cool show. And longtime fans and newbies alike journey into the deep, darkest reaches of space to, to uh, on the mining ship Red Dwarf. See, I've forgotten all this. It's been so long. But I'm back, so here we go. My name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Paul. I'm Shane. And our special guest is Illyrio. Is Illyrio. Hi, Illyrio. This is awesome. Hello, everyone. Yay. Thanks for having me back again. Thank you for coming back. You know, you're very busy with all of the buffying and angeling and other podcasting that you do. Yeah, started a brand new one, too. Hey. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, uh, why don't you tell the nice people once more where, where they can find you? You can find me on Potential Cast, uh, Redemption Cast. Uh, it's been many months, but I'm sure Jamie and I will get back to Yip Yip, the Last Airbender podcast. You can find my wife and I, and sometimes our children, on Pawscast. It has nothing to do with pets, so figure out the spelling yourself. <laughs> and just started Not With Those Hands, also known as Sploochcast, which is where Gabby, one of my co-hosts from Potential and Redemption Cast, and I do commentaries for FX's Archer. Cool. So, um, if you've never checked out that awesome animated series for adults, uh, you are a loser. <laughs> and you really should watch, because it's fantastic. It's so ninja. <laughs> are there ninjas? Uh, you know what? I uh, Are there ninjas? I have... Sorry. <laughs> it's uh, set um, amongst a team of people that work at a secret agency, but it's... Um, imagine an animated Arrested Development with spies. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. I have never watched Archer, but I really love... Um, H. John Benjamin cracks me up on like home movies... Yeah, uh, that guy. Just his voice. He's one of those where it doesn't matter what he's saying. It's it's hilarious. He's really funny. And Aisha Tyler is great. And uh, Doctor Spaceman is on there. Cool. From Thirty Rock. Oh, Doc- <laughs> uh, Chris Parnell is it? Chris Parnell is on there. And uh, the mom from Arrested Development. I forget her name as well, but she plays Archer's mother. Nice. Um, see, Archer's a spy, but the head of the agency is his mom, and they nice. have issues, and it's hilarious. Cool. Which, hey, mm-hmm. new Arrested Development coming to Netflix. Yay! Yeah, that's going to be crazy good. Can't wait. So, um, Red Dwarf. Yes, that, <laughs> this, that other show. This week. But... That other show. Okay. Now, this week we are talking about a really cool episode, I thought. Season 4, Episode 5, or Series 4, Series 5, <laughs> uh, whatever it is I'll do over there. Um, a dimension Jump. Which is freaking awesome. Uh, so, Shane, why don't you give the rundown of the app? In another dimension exists another Rimmer whose heroic antics are legendary within the Space Corps. It is his job to test a new craft that can break the dimensional barrier, so he leaves his old life and goes crashing into Starburg, where he meets Sister, Cat, and Holly, and a very, very different version of himself. He saves the day, repairs Starbird, fixes Cash Crushed Leg, but is there truly room for two rimmers aboard one star sh- spaceship? And the answer no. is no. Sadly, no. Because <laughs> I would no. have loved to have seen Ace Rimmer uh, stay on for a bit, but obviously that would not work from a writing point of view. Well, they would have gotten no. back to Earth in like, you know, a year. and. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, he would have fixed Holly if Holly is in fact out. broken. Which oh my Holly... gosh, you have to ask the question? Of course she's broken. Okay. No, you see, that's, that's the thing. Because before the last episode, uh-huh. um, Holly had said, early Holly had said that he thought he was a bit space mad, but there was never any question as to whether his IQ was still 6,000. Yeah. And then sudden, yeah. suddenly, because they needed it to be a plot problem, it was a plot problem, and yeah. Holly is broken. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you know, when we make the changeover from a male actor to a female actor, suddenly she's broken instead of, you know, smart but quirky. Mm-hmm. I miss Queeg. I do too. Queeg was awesome. I think we all need a little bit of Queeg in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had all a right. Queeg on a watch. Tell me to get my lazy ass off the couch. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Stop playing Assassin's Creed 3 and go for a run. I could could use that, yeah. I could use taking a nap while exercising. (laughs) Oh, man, Yeah, that is awesome. That kind of multitasking, that would fix Uh my entire life, yeah. But that's why we're not I started playing Assassin's Creed 3, not very far (laughs) yet. Okay, so we start with a bit of a flashback. 
little Rimmer. The cutest He's so cute. Rimmer ever. How does and he get his hat to stay on? I know exactly. That's exactly why. That's one of my notes. <laughs> Maybe he's got so much hair gel that the gel like sticks to the hat. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But I must say, uh, that is an iconic image in my mind. And when I think about Rimmer, I have that image in my mind uh, because it's so typical. Playing with his brothers, they don't have a swing. Oh, they'll make one. Here you are. <laughs> yes. And right bone head on his back. Indeed. <laughs> Poor Rimmer. No. He's so cute. Yes. I'm sorry. No matter how much of a git he was, no child deserves that. <laughs> uh, I suppose. <laughs> Um, um, how many of you are veterans? Remind me. Two. Okay. Have you guys watched Series 10? Yep. Yes. This scene takes on a whole new meaning with the recent context. I know. (laughs) One of the episodes, and it's just great. Mm -hmm. Anyway, enough of that. Yeah, enough of those shenanigans. (laughs) Series X. It's Roman numerals. Series 10 that we won't get to for, like, a long time. A long time. Hey, I had to wait a long time for it. You should, too. True. Mm-hmm. What is Junior D? <laughs> hmm? I said yeah, uh, he if has you'll to repeat explain the, Yeah, the school system. Well, oh, this yeah. is what's, in the what's future, that stuff so about? we don't know. Mm. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. So, so they had their okay. own uh, version of academic... Um, um, grades and stuff. <laughs> cool. Uh, are we going to have to add a segment to our show called "Is it British or Sci-Fi?" <laughs> Anything that Angel and I don't That'd understand. Awesome. That'd be awesome. Is tea British or Sci-Fi? Uh, I've seen it in Star okay, Trek. Then it's both. <laughs> oh, okay. Quidditch. But only if is it's it hot. just British or is it made up? We don't know. Uh, we'll find that, out. That's what happened when I read about wizard crackers in Harry Potter. I didn't know what crackers were. I thought they were like eating saltines and then, you know, stuff was popping out of them. I never heard of crackers that you pull. Oh, of Christmas crackers? Out. Yeah. It's yeah, not we don't have those here. Yeah, oh. It's barely a thing where I live in Canada. Uh, but uh, they do sell them in uh, at, at Christmas time in uh, more poshy department stores. They do that now <laughs> to World Market. Yeah. Oh, really? World them. Market. Yeah. It's do they sell them right next to the Johnny Clegg CDs? <laughs> yes, exactly. Nah, exactly. excellent. Um, yes. But yeah, yeah, we had never heard of that. So yeah, okay. So just do me a favor: never open a Christmas cracker expecting a good joke. They are all awesome, Shane. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but they can't. They can't compare to good old Bazooka Joe. Uh, that's what I was just thinking. Ah, uh, yes. Bazooka Joe is the best printing, the best jokes. Yeah, it no, is, uh, yeah Bazooka Joe bubblegum here. It's it's one of the best uh, gums for blowing bubbles. I mean, it's it will like kill your jaw because it's so tough. Mm-hmm. But the yeah. bubbles are very sturdy. But they, the 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 mm-hmm. packs always have little jokes on them. And they the taste little awful. comic strips, yeah. I had the best Christmas cracker joke. It was, <laughs> okay. what's brown and sticky? A stick. A stick. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> that, I, I've, I've always used that as my go-to three in the morning joke. Yep. If it's three in the morning or someone is very drunk, that is the funniest joke ever. Mm-hmm. Who hides in the bakery at Christmas? Santa Bear Claws? Uh, no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Who? A mince spy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow! That's nice. So, Ace. I've heard that one before. I like it. Ace. So, okay. Yes. Uh, okay. Rimmer. Well, we get to meet Rimmer's mother again. And yes, again. again. Yes, mm-hmm. and learn about poor Rimmer's poor marks. Oh, that he, he was a complete and abject failure. What a disappointment! Yes. Mm. Yeah, eight-year-old. Uh, what a disappointment. Oh, why can't you be more like your brothers? <laughs> but yeah, as soon as we see Ace Rimmer, they start playing Take My Breath Away. <laughs> in a nice little homage to Top Gun. Indeed. <laughs> and he has mm. the best 80s hair ever. That hair yes. is the best. I'm I love Ace's be, hair. Yeah. You had to be awesome, hardcore 80s action star to pull that off. Mel Gibson poured, pulled off the man mullet for many years mm-hmm. in the Lethal Weapon films. Yep. Uh, 
He had the right and then it drove him mad. Before his crazy <laughs> yes. <turned. laughs> yeah. Um, I have to go <clears throat> on a lovely little um, excursion through uh, Red Dwarf Nerddom. And <clears throat> I love this episode. It's one of my favorites. And one of my favorite bits in it is meeting Spanners and Padre. Yeah. Whatever they decided to call Robert Llewellyn's alternate character. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and Holly with, with actual. <laughs> oh, Mondo, yeah. And uh, Holly with legs, yeah. uh, Robert Llewellyn without face makeup, um, Danny John Jules with with a pipe, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and did Craig Charles have a mustache and glasses? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He did. Lovely. I- so I love that kind of stuff. I think it's great. I think it's great seeing uh, actors we already know in different roles. Um, and I must say that's one of my favorite parts of this entire episode. Can I, can I let you guys on a little little secret? Right? Okay. This, yes. this, not, like, this episode is one of my favorite episodes of the whole Red Dwarf series. The whole, mm-hmm. from series one all the way up to series, series. eight. Yeah, the whole show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Shane, uh, from Hello. my time in uh, wrestling, listening to wrestling radio shows and that, will know what my mm-hmm. nickname is in, in the chat rooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, Would you yeah. like to, Exactly. I got it out from this episode. Oh, nice. I assumed it was Bonehead. I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Funny. But, the, yeah. but, but I've had the nickname, um, Spanners, uh, well, Spanner, from um, for about ten years. Awesome. So, cool. Nice. Um, Gosh, that's how long ago. Yeah. And let's see, translating a, a Spanner is, is a, a, a wrench? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I once had this little Star Wars mini game back on like Windows ninety five or something, and you had to find a spanner. And I was like, "What's a spanner? I have no idea what this is. <laughs> it, it's just a wrench." Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so Ace, his his accent was awesome. Uh, again, you know, he's he's always, uh, Chris Berry has that talent, but um, he remind every now and again he would almost slip into his Sean Connery with his Bond esqueness. But yeah. he really reminded me of uh, Matt Barry, sort of oh, in, yes. in uh, mm-hmm. yeah, e- either in IT Crowd or uh, uh, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, just sort of over the top action or hero. The, uh, or, or the or the severely underrated Snuffbox. Oh yeah, I've not heard of that yet. Snuffbox is fantastic. Get your hands on it; it's great. It keeps popping up on my Netflix. You want to watch this? Yeah, just Thanks. it's okay. it completely inappropriate for anyone under the age of twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> or frankly thirty. And it is oh, dark humor it at its March. finest. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah, totally. Mm, but yeah. Amazing. Yeah, his um devil may care, you know, um, <laughs> Just over the top oh, cheese. It's any, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Anything to avoid dinner with the admiral, you know. Mm. I want to be with they, the salt of the earth chaps. Yeah. And, and when they started wick. talking about him uh, piloting the experimental ship and whatnot, I was like, oh, he's Zaphod Be- uh, Zaphod Beeblebrox. Beeblebrox. Yeah. Ah, I can never say that right. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Zaphod's just this guy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But he doesn't have two heads, he just has a head and then enough hair to equal another head. Mm-hmm. He has a fab yes. fur coat on. Yeah, lovely lining. in fashion from the sky. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what a wig as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so, uh, amazing. <laughs> so Ace Rimmer and, gets and a just, new assignment, yeah. and it's a one-way ticket, isn't it? Yeah, and he doesn't care. Can, can I mention something about the um, his uh, uh, ship? Do it. Uh-huh. It was very Thunderbird esque. Did you not? Think? Oh yeah. The, yes, the I'd have to agree. Yeah. I'd have to agree. I do believe they were marionettes, technically speaking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I really loved his interaction with. I mean, again, yeah, the, you know, the sort of what a guyness of it, but mm. yeah, his interactions with everybody was really cool, and he did sort of pull off this Bond persona. You're like, mm. even though they were doing it in jest and it was obviously over the top and played up, he really did manage to pull a cool character off. Yeah. Yeah, Ace Rumor is very cool. And but meanwhile, it, oh yes, <laughs> and after some horrible, horrible green screening, we. <laughs> We get the 
but although I will say that they make up for bad green screen effects with awesome uh, uh, model work with the ships later on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I miss all that model work. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that later seasons have less model work and more CGI. I, I would mm. imagine mm. they would. That's what shows and tend to do. I really miss the models. Models are the best. Mm. Um, to get really nerdy, um, if you ever watch Power Rangers, then, like, the early seasons, they have the models and the toys, and it's awesome. Mm. And then, like, I'll catch an episode later on, and it'll be all computer-generated, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's video game now. Huh. Yeah, a lot less fun. Yeah. I had this. I had the same experience, actually, like, that just the other day. Yeah. Um... Paul, you would remember Nightmare. Oh, I love that show. It's my favorite show from when I was a kid. Yeah, um, all of it. So all the episodes are on YouTube, basically. Oh, really? It, yeah, it was a kids' TV program in the um, early nineties. Eighties. Um, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, finished. I think it finished in ninety four, yeah. mm-hmm. and it was ba- and it was. A lot of it, it, a lot of it was based on chroma t- key technology. You know the old blue screen, mm-hmm. and they rem- <coughs> they did a fifteen minute test pilot for a new series. I think in back in two thousand four, and it was all computer graphics. Because mm. it's cheap now, like they can put together those computer graphics, and they don't have to worry about it. Mm. Well, luckily there will always be some directors who recognize the value of practical effects, like George mm. Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there. You had to go there. <laughs> oh. oh wow! Video game Yoda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, so uh, in yes, yeah, in yeah, the show. The so uh, in the uh, our our normal universe, uh, which is cued with you know some red dwarf music, so we know that it's red dwarf. Um, then we get to see. Uh, the fishing expedition. Oh man! <laughs> Poor. I Rimmer. have just one thing to say: cat's earrings are perfect. Oh yeah, for a fishing oh, trip. Yes. I see. It's the fishbone earrings made in a regu- another appearance. Yes. It's a different design, though. They're Is a it? bit lighter. Yeah, yeah. They're okay. not as long because the first I, earrings. I thought, I, man, those are pulling his earlobes down a lot. And you know, the second one, it was like, oh, those are manageable. I did not notice, but I, I will trust your your feminine <coughs> eye for adornment there. <laughs> but they explained that it wasn't really a fishing trip that they were going no. to abandon no. Rimmer for. They were just going to see the midnight movie. <laughs> yes, which was going to be Jaws. <laughs> yes. I mean, people dress up for Rocky Horror. Why not dress up for Jaws? Exactly. Right? And it's not like it was this I- whole conspiracy. That mm. they just thought no. he wouldn't like. Fishing. Not like they left a note before they left. No. Yeah. But which version of George were they going to watch? I have to ask. <laughs> Considering there's been so many. Mm, too many. <sighs> well, you'll for my money, you'll never beat Jaws 3D <laughs> with a stick. <laughs> Even though you as a to. means of extracting information from foreign <laughs> hostels. Um, <laughs> Forget waterboarding. We have Jaws 3D, pal. <laughs> you will tell us all. Okay. That um, and Batman and Robin. Oh. Uh, <laughs> nipples on the bat suit. <laughs> sorry, I should have. Sorry, I should have mentioned that. I'm still apologize. <laughs> and the, the Batman credit card. Oh, never leave home without it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I can forgive Schumacher that. It's what he did to Phantom that... Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, let's talk about good entertainment. So, yes. Uh, Crichton, I don't know if it's just my imagination, Crichton looks like he may have been redesigned a bit. His his circle in the middle has been relieved or something. Am, am, I, am I wrong about this? I haven't really noticed, but... Um, okay. I don't really want to go into it too much. I'm going to go into it more next week, but um, okay. Um, I just I thought that maybe his um, little circle in the middle was a different color mm. or had been moved. I, I didn't look back at the last episode mm. to compare. It just it struck me as something is different about Crichton. There's something about Crichton. Mm. <laughs> all, all I'm going to say is I, as I, I've said, I've said it before and say it again. They weren't sh- sh- uh, shown 
in um, intent in, intended order. Of course. So, yes. okay. but there is a there is a reason for that, and we will, I will be talking about that next week. Okay. Ah. Awesome. Cool. So after the simple misunderstanding, uh, Crichton, I'm uh, sorry, not Crichton, uh, Rimmer does join them on their fishing expedition. And Holly has a fishing oh. hat. <laughs> yeah, I love Holly. Yeah. And Rimmer, being the stand-up guy he is, even brought along his Hammond CDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Woo! Which we looked up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming he's referring to, to do the with Hammond mm-hmm. organ. Yeah, these have nothing to do with Richard Hammond from Top Gear, unless you're, in case you're wondering and haven't watched the episode. <laughs> this is all about the Hammond organ, with or without Leslie, nobody um, nobody mentions, which is a band that you attach that's actually a speaker. It's a really strange, wonderful thing. Uh, I was at a prog rock band ages ago, and we had a Hammond organ, and it was awesome. glorious. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was curious about, I mean, I've actually, I'm you know, play a little bit of piano and keyboard. So, but um, uh, once I figured out they were talking about the organ, that made some sense. But apparently, the name Reggie Wilson is a play on Reginald Dixon. Oh, really? Who was a well-known, uh, well, <laughs> as well-known, but uh, a, a British like theater organist, mm-hmm. and at the time was putting out as many records as like Bing Crosby and the like. This is all Wikipedia really? stuff. So, yes, he was a big, big deal. Uh, but it has apparently become somewhat of a, you know, hammy uh, cliche. Mm. Um, oh, interestingly, uh, we often talk about how uh, time travel, a la Doctor Who, is timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. <laughs> and it turns out that uh, Red Dwarf said it first. <laughs> well, just the wibbly-wobbly mm. bit. Just the wibbly-wobbly bit, yes. Okay, when they So crash. you hear that, Jay? I'm giving credit. <laughs> 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 the Red Dwarf came up with time travel being wibbly-wobbly first. <laughs> well, it wasn't time travel so much as interdimensional travel, yeah. so... Yeah. Mm. And when they crashed... Well, and well she said um, time-space continuum, so... Her head yeah, that's true, she did say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. But again, solid model work with that crash. I, I really like when they when they do that. Um, oh, they tragically lost the furry mm, dice. Very tragic indeed. <laughs> well, the elastic just snapped. They can fix that. Ugh, priorities. <laughs> if any of this, give, if any of this now has furry dice in their car, go to their car, take it out now. I do not have furry dice. I have... My little sister gave me this uh, for, I think, my birthday or Christmas one time. But it was... It's it's a little Chewbacca. And you squeeze him and he goes... And, <laughs> and it's, it's the cutest <laughs> Can I just say something? <laughs> so, Shane, yeah? Shane? No. Yeah. I cannot believe you just said that. Furry dice are a staple of British society. <laughs> <laughs> you I used to have furry dice... But I had furry dice, ironically. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, hipster you dice. Hipster, you. hipster dice. That look suspiciously just like any other fuzzy dice. Now, hmm. I um, have always associated uh, fuzzy dice with like sort of 1950s machismo Americana. I was not aware that they were uh, such a staple of British society as well. Paul? Well, hipster, I don't know. I'm just uh, fairy dice. <laughs> a fairy dice to me. So. Oh, okay. Well, they did. A, they did gotcha. originate in the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, one theory holds that the U.S. pilots in World War II used dice in their cockpits for good luck. Ah. Oh. And they continued the practice when they come home from the war. Okay. Gotcha. And given that a lot of U.S. pilots were volunteering for the RAF, you mm. know, while we were. Uh, still deciding over here, then I can see where that would catch on. Mm. Yep. Um, mm. When furry dice were at the height of their popularity in the 1970s and 80s, uh, the practice uh, hanging any object from the rear view mirror is prohibited in at least one state, that state being Minnesota. Oh, Darn it, Minnesota. Minnesota. And yeah. the land, of a thousand, land of a thousand lames. Mm-hmm. 
1993 study showed there would be no connection between the use of fuzzy dice and the, and the degree of a driver's reckless driving behavior. Okay. <laughs> so purple uh, alert. Well, welcome to Fuzzy Dice Cast. <laughs> purple and, alert um, is fantastic. Yes, I like purple. Or maybe mauve. More of a mauve. Mauve. Mauve is awesome. Um, Let's see. What do I have here? Uh, Oh, Uh, cat is injured. They're crashing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. While they're crashing, we find out the sedative nature of in-flight magazines. Mm. Yes. Yes. Which is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Were they all about gardening or? Like Jesus of swatches. Denmark, or yeah, Belgium, cool Belgium, Belgium. Yeah, yes. sorry, someone Belgium, man, Belgium. <laughs> oh, it was um, special. Let's see. I think they make a, a Titanic reference when uh, Holly suggests hiring a band to play "Abide mm. with Me." Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. And uh, let's see. I think. Probably a Star Trek TOS reference uh, with the Ace Ace Rimmer's computer having the sexy voice and having a crush on him. Yeah. Can I just mention? Didn't they do that with like I lo- I lo- Kirk's chair or something? Go on, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go. On. I was done. <laughs> you talk now, or I will come through the internet and punch <laughs> you. Can go ahead. Punch me all you want. Right? But I mean, I was going to mention something which you hadn't got to yet, and it just. Yeah, you mentioned computer, and then I just remembered uh, Holly's reaction when um, Ace introduced. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and then the head, the head just fell off screen. It was amazing. She she ducked oh, under yeah. the screen. <laughs> it was her idea that actually. Yeah, it was. It wasn't in the script. Well, of course. Well, of course not. That would have them putting her in the in the show. And yeah. They, they don't like doing that apparently. So. So Hattie she has will... to figure out all of her lines and. <laughs> <laughs> I like her quite a bit, and again, I, I still like uh, original Holly very much. But um, yeah, she's she's really again, especially when we find out that she keeps having to fight for getting to wear a bit of costumes or having a line in, in the show. Yes, I, I like her quite a lot. Did you notice at, right at the start, she was the or Mally, I should say, was the only character not to have a, a what a guy line. Oh, I, I, I didn't notice that she didn't mm. say it. it was well, that's because she was too embarrassed. <laughs> it was filmed, but it was cut. Huh. Why? Because it's Holly, and, you know, if they're going to cut mm-hmm. something, then they're going to cut Holly's lines. Sorry, I'll start griping about that. Um, <laughs> okay, yes. <laughs> the so only you know, woman uh, in the show. Uh, but that the full scene with uh, Melly is on the DVD mm. in the... Yeah. In the deleted scenes. Mm. So, Ace uh, shows up on the ship after the crash, and uh, yeah, does his introductions. Holly faints. My actual note is Holly fainted. Ha! Exclamation mark. (laughs) So, and awesomeness happens. Awesomeness ensues. I really love um, how even when you can tell that he's really disappointed with his alternate dimension Mm -hmm. self, that he tries to play it down and and oh oh that's fine you know we'll just uh me and dave will do this um that he he even tries to be a cool guy and treat his sort of disappointing despicable alternate universe <laughs> self with mm. respect and mm-hmm. yeah that's because he's <laughs> like, awesome oh, and i think it does go back to him being held back you know to go forward and explain mm-hmm. the whole thing which we had guessed um, before, but like he, that humiliation that he went through, it not only taught him to work hard, but it taught him to understand that you know unpopular people who are made fun of are human beings and deserve respect and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It humbled him. Yes. Yeah. But he doesn't. I guess because he has worked hard and has his own accomplishments. He doesn't seem to have uh, Rimmer's problem of um, always comparing himself to others to try to get self-esteem and often climbing over others to try to exalt himself, uh, as it were. He He's always giving credit to other people yeah. and always treating them kindly, whereas Holly has to magnify his own accomplishments, which are... Uh, why do I say Holly? Okay. 
whereas our universe, Rimmer, tries to magnify his own accomplishments at others' expense. Yeah. Because he hates front seat drivers. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) What, because you have the wheel in your hands means you get to make all the decisions? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, bucko. Yeah. So an awesome, awesome thing happened while we were watching this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we accidentally made the show even more awesome for a while. Y- yes. Impossible! Um, <laughs> we were watching it on our on our PS3, mm-hmm. and I did not, and I had the remote uh, laying on the couch, and apparently had sat on it without realizing it. What I did not know is that there is a button that you can hold down to switch to slow motion. Ooh. So... Uh, as he's talking to Crichton and Sin says, oh, the uh, 4,000 uh, models aren't waterproof, right? And he's like, oh, no, sir. And he's like, that's beside the point. And he's like, right, here's what we'll do. And then just at that point, I accidentally apparently sat on the slow motion button. And so he turns around in slow motion and cold cocks Crichton. It looks nice. so awesome. He was like, oh, sorry, old trap. And but then when it and we we thought that it was part of the show, and then when it stayed in slow motion, we realized what had happened. It was so cool. That's awesome. I think that Ace like somehow affected yes the real world. He had to be more awesome than he already was. Yes. that's what happened with Ace. <laughs> Sorry, Heath, but I'm going to take over this particular. <laughs> Sorry, old boy. What a guy. Uh, <laughs> had me the remote for a while. We'll see if we can straighten this show out. Um, so, yes, with his arm broken in three places, he and uh, Skipper. Uh, Lister, Skipper, soon to be Skipper, go to fix the ship. And Rimmer flips himself the bird. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Ace does pass out for about a second. two seconds. Yes. I love that. It's, it reminded me. It reminded me of um, do you know the the Queeg episode when when Queeg when when um, Queeg's still in charge of his body, but he passes mm-hmm. out when doing the. It reminded yeah. me a little bit of that. But mm-hmm. <laughs> you went, if I can't, if if this was a video podcast, I would actually just do the impression. <laughs> but, I can't. but the way he squared his head to the back. And then he went, yeah. Sorry yeah. about that, fellas. <laughs> I'm always a fan of his uh, of his acting, but uh, as far as you know, his, his voices and able to do impressions and facial expressions. But yeah, he he does have a knack for for physical comedy as well mm-hmm. that he maybe doesn't get to show off quite as often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I did notice one. I don't know if it's a real continuity error or anything, mm-hmm. but. He said that he would. Uh, I'm sorry, Ace Rimmer said that Rimmer would need to rewire Crichton to to wake him mm-hmm. up, but Crichton seemed to wake up all by himself in about two minutes. Holly did it because she's awesome. How did Holly do that? Okay. Um, she um, did, that has been accounted. For. <laughs> that has been accounted for. <laughs> ah yes, Valerio, you probably haven't listened to that. Um, no, we we have discovered. That instead of stealing your um, SOD, mm-hmm. yes, that uh, that uh, this show has has given us our own SOD. When hologram Rimmer was supposed to put on shoes to be judged on uh, Justice Planet yes, or whatever, yes, yes, and he it points out that a hologram can't wear shoes. A booming voice just says that has been accounted for. <laughs> yes. That's so whenever awesome. we run into these situations, that has been that has been accounted been for. accounted for. <laughs> yes. I love it. <laughs> uh, oh, we find out that alternate dimension Lister is married to Kachansky mm. with Jim and Bexley. Yes. Mustache and all. And he's a mechanic in the, um, in the fl- fl- flight mechanic or something. And I yes. bet it was Cat Priest who married them. Mm. Probably. The so. Padre. Padre, yeah. yeah. Which reminded Padre. me of Shepherd Book from... Uh, oh, Padre. yeah. <laughs> Oh, Firefly. Mm. We hardly watch G. Indeed. <sighs> Firefly. Mm. Okay. Back to uh, Red let's Dwarf. see. What else happens? <laughs> Back to Red Dwarf. Um, let's see. Yeah, they tidy things up a bit. Uh, we mm-hmm. find out that throughout every dimension, there's never so pathetic a rimmer as our rimmer. <sighs> 
indeed. And somewhere in the multiverse, Ace Rimmer is still having his adventures. Mm. Aw, man. Ace. After a pathetic number, unsuccessfully tried to murder him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, those scudders. (laughs) I love the the scudders so much. Oh, yes. I get the feeling that, you know, I mean, this was, it's it's one of my favorite episodes so Mm -hmm. far, and probably a fan favorite. Um, I, I have to wonder if they're not going to, after starting the series again after all these years, if Ace Rimmer might not make it a, a reappearance in Series 10. I hope so. Well, how could Ace Rimmer come back? Every time he leaves a dimension, it's a one-way trip. Well, yeah, but he might happen to wander into the same dimension twice. He could know. come full circle. Or, ooh, uh, they could meet in another dimension. Oh. They found a dimension, oh, they, they like backwards happen. dimension. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe yeah, Ace I, I just could got make the impression dimension actually good. Hmm. Hmm. No. I, I got the impression that that it was it was just randomly set, but you know that doesn't preclude the one in a billion chance hmm. that you could wander into the same dimension again. I suppose. I'm a big fan of Ace. Hmm. Question. Yeah. Yep. Yo. Have any of you any of you guys actually ever thought about what what a few a different dimension would be like for yourselves? Mm. You see, mm. I've been thinking about that, and it seems like they're going on, you know, you make a certain decision, and this one hinged on, he remembered exactly what decision that was. But can well, we really yeah. look back at That was lives? really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I took it to maybe off screen, then they talked mm-hmm. for a bit, and he figured it out. Yeah. I thought, I mean, uh, the drive that the that, uh, the guys in the original... Right, hold on. It's going to be a bit long-winded. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe the drive that was created, the, um... Wait a minute. To, to create this, um, dimension to reality... Real, uh, right, the, the, the Heart of Gold, yeah. Yeah, that, <laughs> basically. The Heart of Gold was the ship. I think you're uh, talking about, about the, the improbability, infinite improbability, improbability drive. Improbability drive, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> Guys, come on! <laughs> I believe you will find it. Okay, go ahead, Paul. Well, maybe the drive comes up with a computer system, and you, and obviously Ace has gone into the ship, the Thunderbird ship. He's typed in his details, <laughs> and, and it's found all the different rumors, and it shows which it, on this computer system it tells you which decision the picture went with. Oh, I see. That's just my theory. It's possible. For a plain yellow pumpkin to become a golden carrot. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that that could be. But but seriously, how many of us like can actually look back in our lives and pinpoint exactly where our formative moment was? A few of us can, but I've <sighs> tried, and I really maybe it's not can't. happened yet. Well, okay. see, mine was when I was at band camp, and a friend of mine told me I needed to meet this weird girl that she had seen reading a Star Wars novel. Did she have a flute? She did. She did have a flute. And yes, I've been teased about that ever since that movie came out, so shut up. Stupid movies. <laughs> now, I, I'm a big believer that the formative moment in your life is always the same one. It's what you do when you get out of bed. Mm, okay. Frankly. <laughs> there you will go. I... Will I have that extra serving of hash brown, or will I not eat hash browns at all? <laughs> will I listen to my children while I get them ready for school, or will I rush them out the door? <laughs> I think every single decision you make in the day is probably one of these lovely little formative mm. ones. And I'm you mean. know what? You you get to try again the next day. Yeah. It's awesome. It just it makes you think. It does make... Right. Um, because this... Um, let me just... Pull it back up. I had it on the computer. I just I took the page down. Um, okay. I think it's called Modern... Uh, and you know, somewhere in the universe, there might be a Paul who likes Firefly. There probably could be. <laughs> Not this one, though. <laughs> um, I can honestly say that majority <clears throat> of what's happened in my life in the past seven years has been because of one phone call. Mm-hmm. I was in the right place mm-hmm. at the right time. I was at a friend's house. Um, just before I was having a driving lesson, and he had he had the phone call, and he couldn't do something, so I did it instead. That led you going into government. Oh, that was that's um, 
That's that many... was the wrong. That was the wrong turning. The right turning is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was an episode of Boy Meets World. Uh, what I was doing, it's there's actually a theory of just right. This dimension here, re- reality that was made up in the show, is is right. something that was um, it was taken from a theory called the many world interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's a part of quantum mechanics, and basically, it, it's like a tree. I want to be a tree. Um, <laughs> it. it it, uh, the way I'm picturing it, it is like a tree. You make a decision, it branches off, branches off, yeah. and it, it, it just engulfs all time, world, and space, infinite. You know what I mean? And that, out of any science fiction thing, this many worlds interpretation is the only sci-fi thing that I find absolutely fascinating. I don't know anything <laughs> about what about it. It's got too many big words that I don't understand. But I will read it and read it and read it, and then at the end I'll go. Yeah, that's about it. But I just, yeah. I just, I just find it fascinating. Even though I don't understand it, I just, I, it's the one thing that I do actually believe. I know it sounds geeky of me, but I actually do think for every decision, every thing we do, there is an opposite universe that is created, which the opposite hmm. is done. It makes for a, for a really neat concept, uh, sort of, you know, the Marvel What If comics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. What if the spider had bitten Aunt May? Um, I read that but, the other day. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was <kind> of, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Futurama did this later mm-hmm. on. They they do a lot of things that uh, Red Dwarf did before them. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, it was a, an episode where a dimension exactly like ours, except that every coin flip, that every decision that had ever been made by a, a flip of a coin, I remember that uh, episode, the coin yeah. had gone the other way. Opposite. Yeah. Mm. That reminds me of a character in, I think it was called, the film was called American Perfect, where every, where every major decision he made, he did it by a flip of a coin. Hmm. I remember the episode of Big Bang Theory where Sheldon did, um, Sheldon did a whole episode where he, um, he made to... decisions with a book of coin, and he was like, yes. shall I go to the toilet? Nope, I think I'll wait. <laughs> Although then you have to start asking yourself, shall I ask myself, is this a yes or no situation to flip a coin? And then you have to flip a coin to decide that, but then you have to flip a coin to decide that, and so nothing ever gets done. <laughs> oh. I just thought, in, a, in, okay. in an alternative reality... There could be a, another Red Dwarf intro cast, whereas uh, Angela and Heath are the, are the other knowledgeable ones, and me and Shane are the newbies. Oh, does that mean we but get to be British? Would, that would be that cool. That would be awesome. <laughs> you still won't the be able to... The took a wrong turn. I don't care. Dropped us off. <laughs> I, right, uh, there's one thing I'm going to... In, in no matter what, which, di- <laughs> which dimension we're in, Angela will still not be able to do an, a, a decent pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I'll, oh, I'll, do okay. It. So, I'll do it for Paul. No, please don't. <laughs> no, well, I don't laugh <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, I really liked the uh, the Hammond organ mm. version of the theme song at the end. Yes, that was awesome. Well. That was the best. It was very nice. So yeah, this solid, solid episode mm-hmm. for me. I really enjoy. It's one of those. You know, there's some episodes that it's like, yeah, I like that. You know, and you really, you know, maybe you'll watch it again, maybe not. Uh, maybe definitely not if it happens to be backwards, but um, yeah. some episodes like this one, it's one of those where I just want to pop in and watch again right off because mm-hmm. it was really solid. Elfie agrees. Elfie is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Elfie is the best. Elfie is the best. Well, that is our take on the episode. Uh, why don't we do some feedback? We had a lot of feedback we had for this episode. All of the feedback. Looking over on the Facebooks, maple syrup plus pinned. Hetty Harridge. Who wouldn't say yes? Says Rescrino. Says Rescrino. I, I might not. Say Anthony yes. James. Yeah. Maybe not. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony James uh, says that he. Uh, I listened to our review, and that's not our review, but. Um, his hour review. Yeah, uh, I li- actually listened to our review of this episode the other day after I lost internet and only had old saved ones to listen to at work. In my opinion, our Dimension Jump review episode was awful and I cringed through most of it. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Anthony. 
according to co-creator Rob Grant, uh, sorry, Darren Forrester's... Darren... Ah, I'm not in Darren talking. Forrester. Darren Forrester writes, according to co-creator Rob Grant, the, the origins of this story came from a rather depressed Chris Barry. Oh. Aww. Lamenting that he only ever seemed to get mm. cast as a prat. Doug and Rob realised there was indeed a lot of potential for a mirror opposite River. All the cast enjoyed this episode and they had a chance to sink their teeth into playing the alter egos of their characters. This is also one which shows Rob and Doug were sensitive to the possibility of racial stereotyping. Danny John Jules was originally going to be a janitor when Craig Charles and Danny John Jules raised this as a concern the priest was born. Yes, Ace is designed as a semi parody on James Bond as well. Another I absolutely love. Yeah. Sam Highland was can- kind enough to uh, po- oh, Elfie agrees. Sorry. Uh, Sam Highland was kind enough to post us a link to uh, some of the DVD commentary. I have not gotten a chance to listen to that yet. I should I um, should say before you before you do that, it does have some minor spoilers inside. Oh, well, then so it might be no idea. Shame on Sam Highland. Shame. Thank you, Shame. Uh, oh. God, glad I didn't go ahead. Uh, but yeah, he says that uh, he really likes the extras. He enjoyed seeing young Rimmer, uh, and the fishing holiday gag was a great start. <laughs> I agree. Uh, and then he uses a quote which we shall not use. Yeah. Ewan says this is one of my very favorite Red Dwarf episodes. Every scene is brilliant. With a U. Uh, yes. And I think the idea of one decision completely changing the course of your life is a really interesting one. Chris Berry is excellent, but I think the rest of the cast do a great job as well in playing their alter egos and interacting with Ace Rema. Nutty. Uh, and he, yeah, Nutty uses some quotes, but she says, I heart Ace, and that should be on a T, and the other, uh, on the back, yeah, that'll work. On the back, it would yeah. say, what a guy. Yes. Yeah. We've already said what a guy quite a bit. Mm. Mm. What a guy. What a guy. See, even... Uh, is it Archie or Alfie? I've gone already. Yeah. The cat. What's your cat called again? Elfie. Elfie. See, Elfie also agrees that Rimmer, Ace Rimmer is an awesome guy. I can hear him. Yes. Very. He is. I can yeah. hear him. Elf, El- Elfie's actual name is Elphaba. Uh, Elphaba. From the musical Wicked. Okay. But uh, we, we, ta- we call her Elfie. Oh, Elfie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah. E-L-P-H-I-E. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see. Nutty thanked uh, Sam for the behind-the-scenes thing. Darren Forrester says, One can tell Andrea Purnell, the makeup woman, would be a pretty fun person to hang out with. I'm guessing that's still referencing the behind-the-scene mm. thing. Yeah. Uh, and Nutty acknowledges see. that they brought up my point about racism. Uh, they never saw yeah. it, but people, other people pointed it out. So I'm not the only one to think it. Thank you, Nutty. You are the only one. You're a horrible person. <laughs> I'm not a horrible person. I'm a very sensitive person. Uh, no. You're a person with with literary training that makes you acutely aware of things. Yes. Like that. <laughs> Somebody want to read Jonathan Kepps? Um, basically, he um, contradicts something. Uh, Darren Forrester said earlier on it says sorry to contradict you if I'm not right about this but I always thought it was a BBC concern not Danny and Craig I can't imagine those two having anything but faith in Robin Duck's intentions this is regarding the choice of um, Danny being the janitor and not the priest anyway he echoes the positive things already said about this episode perfect example of a great concept allowing the cast to show their acting chops and in Hattie's case her legs this is deservedly one of the highest rated episodes <laughs> in the whole show also, good to have you back. I've been catching up over the last few weeks, so ready for new episodes. All I'm going to say is... What, Thank you, Jonathan. All I'm going to say is, what great legs. <laughs> I didn't see and the legs, acting. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, taking a few weeks off was actually really cool for us, too. Uh, one, to rest, and two, that means that uh, we got caught up after, because they expand our archive space monthly, so we now have a nice empty box uh, <laughs> where we can put many episodes and not have to worry about cutting time or uh, making files smaller. So yay! Awesome! Uh, let's see. Uh, Darren Forrester, feel free to contradict uh, basing on public statements, etc. etc. Caps then goes back and says, oh, wait a minute, maybe you were right anyway. Um, then Nick Quinn says, wasn't it that uh, Danny was a bit fed up also of having a slobby, down-and-out alter ego? Uh, which is a point. He says the dog in Parallel Universe wasn't Danny, but his uh, alter self yes. was... 
was yeah the sloppy dog and then the tramp and polymorph and then the janitor and this surely there could be more difference to cat's personality so they went the other way instead interesting point yeah Nick. i like it thank you all for that lots of feedback yes I mean, it's not you know 45 minutes of feedback like <laughs> some shows get and i've just got uh, one bit of another bit of feedback which is not on there yes oh which is referring to um all the way all the way back something that Nick Quinn posted in our spoilers group. Okay. okay. Um, listening to the body swap episode, does Shane forget about the most important way to prepare kippers in the dwarf universe is smoked? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh. Um, can I, well, I actually can I before we go on to like advert or um, yeah thingies, Yeah. Can I just uh, the little story I found um, about this episode? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the one, the story of one Rimmer taking charge of his life and becoming a hero while the other one grows into a sad prat we know. Apparently mm-hmm. it inspired a student to write into the office of Grant Naylor. Um, it done badly in his mock exams, you know, practice thingies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, his practice exams. Um, but then he came across this episode, he watched it, which and it inspired him to try harder and because of it, it um, he, got, he ended up getting a place at university. And it, the letter was hung up in um, in the office frame just to show how rewarding the job can be. Aww. Nice. Oh, very nice. That's very awesome. nice. So I should show so, this episode to all of my students and inspire them. <laughs> inspire them to work harder. You say, look, if, Along with if, the... if you don't book up your ideas, you can be like the twat. But if you do book up your ideas, you can be this gorgeously haired, gold-suited stunner of a man. That's what you can say, yeah. <laughs> Even if you're a woman, you can be this Even if you're gorgeously a woman. haired stunner of a man. No, sadly, Angela, you show this episode to your students and they'll be like, we can't understand what they're saying. <laughs> because unlike us, they haven't watched loads of British TV and they, they can't quite translate yet. I know uh, it. Do they, do they actually have thick southern accents? And well, I mean, uh, some do, some okay. don't. Yeah. Uh, some are, you know. And, and again, accents typically aren't, like, you know, Angela and I are from Mississippi. We're from the South. We don't have the thickest of accents. Um, and then, you know, you have Stephanie. Stephanie. <laughs> You're listening to Potential Cast, Season 4, Episode... <sighs> she's what episode awesome. are we on? I love Stephanie so much. Stephanie, she true. has an awesome she's, accent. She's great. Yes. Wait, can I, are, there, are there really people Buffy in this... and Spike... Sorry, go, yeah, go ahead. Are there really people in this app that sound like Cletus from Simpson? Cletus the Slack Um, yeah, he's... Cletus the Slack <laughs> job, <laughs> Yoko. Like he sounds uh, a bit more hillbilly he, to me. Merlin! That's, that's a bit of a send-up. I rarely hear anything like that. I will say, uh, have you ever seen the show King of the Hill? Yeah. There's a character named Dale Gribble. Mm-hmm. He's like, There are people that sound like that. Uh, boom yeah, like yeah boom i'm sorry power. yeah well dale too he's like yeah hank you have to yeah dale but yeah boom hank. with his man man i'll tell you what that dang old yeah there are people who sound like boom Hauer. and i actually understand and we can actually understand boom Hauer says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a special skill anyway. <laughs> well this has been a wonderful episode of accent cast we hope that you've enjoyed okay um say illyrio yeah. Do you have an ad for any of your shows? I have a promo from a couple years ago. We can put it here. Uh, for which one? For Potential Cast. Cool. Well, uh, let's listen to it. In every generation, there is a podcast where one alone has watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer before. The three others must stand against the spoilers, the synopses, and the forces of DVD commentary tracks. This is Potential Cast. This is Stephanie. This is Kim. I'm Gabby. I'm Illyrio. I see sort of myself in Cordelia. I really like that life for some reason. The show does that a lot, and I really like it. I love Child's explanation about both use a slayer. Don't tell anyone. That's all the information you need. We do have a lot of feedback. Whether you're brand new to Buffy or you're a seasoned rewatcher, come find us at PotentialCast.com. 
And we're back, and it's time to rate this episode. And since Illyrio is our honored guest, he will get to go first. Oh, right, thank you very much. I absolutely adore this episode. Um, it's in my um, instant memory when I think of Red Dwarf episodes. Uh, there are a couple others up there as well. Um, I'm forced to give it uh, 10 out of 10. Holly's covered in maple syrup. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, Although that would be Melly's. Melly's covered, covered in maple syrup, yes. yes. Fine. I'm, I'm going next before no one can pinch mine. Um, I absolutely... It, like I say, it is one of my favorites of the whole show, completely. And because Ace is awesome. And it, and it, it is part of me because obviously I, I kind of stole the nick, my nickname from one of the characters. So I'm going to give this episode ten two pound black rib novelers yeah. out of ten. <laughs> mm. uh, awesome and disgusting. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. I'm going to go next. I will do it. Go ahead. I am going to give it 10 out of 10, because it was awesome. Um, accidental slow-mo punch-outs. <laughs> <laughs> I will, and I rarely do it, but I'm going to. I'm going to give this episode 10 out of 10. What? Melodious, long-drawn-out death rattles of a man suffering from terminal flashbacks. <laughs> Nice. Oh, and there goes one of my quotes. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> See what I did there? I stole an awesome <laughs> quote from my rating system. <sighs> Shame. Um, guess what? I'm going to give it... <laughs> I'm also going to give... Four, two. <laughs> two of ten. Two of ten. Why, Shane? You this monster. episode was shite. <laughs> I'm quitting the show. <laughs> F all you people. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to um, uh, give it. Uh, I'm gonna have to give it uh, ten Hammond organs. I thought about it because <laughs> yep. this show is absolutely nice. freaking amazing. I agree. It had everything that I like about the show. the The characters interacted. It was a little more maybe Rimmer centric than the rest because there were two Rimmers, mm. but everybody played a part. Um, the story was solid. It worked in sci-fi. It worked in comedy. Uh, it ha- even had some cool special effects. I mean, it it was really the total package. It was the best. Which would be a great mess, uh, a great wrestling name. I just realised that. <laughs> I just realised that this is the um, first episode out of the whole since we've been doing this that everyone's given it full marks. Mm. I believe so. Yeah, I think I have to. Yeah, fifty out of fifty. Like even even the, like, the episodes that I really liked early on, like Future Echoes. They were great, but I mean, there's still some things that the show is working out um, to where it wasn't as, as, you know, I think technically solid as it would become later. But story wise, this is the first one that I mean, it's it's really solid. Do you know what? I'm really looking forward to once we've done up to Series X Mm -hmm. and then you go back back and look at the original ones. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. That is ratings. Now it's time for quotes. Illyrio gets to give the first quote. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it's clear uh, for me it had to be... Interesting choice. Okay, Angela, what's your... No. <laughs> um, it's going to be one of my all-time favorite quotes ever anywhere. Love the Cuban keels. Let me do that again. Love the Cuban heels. <laughs> nice. Are we going to say Marjorie's thingy? Because I will go next. If you go ahead. Do it. Sure. Tish Pashaw nonsense. There we go. <laughs> Good. Uh, Angela? Um, let's see. Sorry, I've got my quote stolen, so I'm having to come up with another what? one. Okay. <laughs> I can I can steal another one if you want. Okay, go ahead. Did I steal one? Did I, um, was that, did I steal no, one? No, I did. It was, it was oh. me. It was me. Yeah. Whew. And with my rating system. <laughs> Uh, here, I won't try the accents. Uh, what are you doing during lunchtime? Not sure. Why? Because if you're interested, I'll be in my quarters, covered in maple syrup. <laughs> I'm sorry, Melly. I don't fraternize with the staff. I resign. I'll be there at 1300. <laughs> okay, here we go. Here we can, go. I, can I... Go ahead. Sorry. Go, ahead. No, go on, go on. Go on, ladies first. Go on. 
Thank you for calling me a lady. Um, <laughs> a chap like you can turn a guy's head. Nice. And then Shane gets one. It has to be the classic. Smelt me a kip, I'll be back for breakfast. Nice. There you go. Okay. Um, I have another one. I, I kind of wanted to do it straight after um, Heath's, but... Um, it well, you bonged. didn't. I know I didn't. I, I was being polite. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was just the way. He, would it make any difference if it was hummus? <laughs> ah, hummus, the game changer. Hummus is a hummus or taramasalata. Which would you pick? I had to hummus. look up the. Uh, yeah, yes, I had to look up what the the first was. There seems to be some sort of a pate made of uh, fish roe. Yeah, I always I'll, I'll, go with hummus. Yeah, it's pink, and I yes. don't like it. <laughs> I've, now there are some kinds of fish roe that I like, but uh, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, like I it like crunchy on my sushi. Yeah. Yummy, yummy, yummy! I got love in my chest. <laughs> sorry. Awesome, guys! I gotta get going. I'm really sorry. Cool. Okay. It's okay. okay. Oh, well, that's cool. We are done. Uh, hey. Mario, thank you for joining us. And again, you've said where you where we can listen to you, and we often yes. do because we love your shows. Thank uh, you very much for having hope, me. Thank you, and I think you are set for a couple more episodes, aren't you? I think so. I don't At remember, but uh, we will reconfirm. Yay! Okay. Take care, man. Thank you. Enjoy the next one. It's awesome! Oh, good. Well, see, that's right. a spoiler. Oh, ah, man. How but it's you? awesome? Oh, <laughs> maybe I'm foiling you. All right. So I'm just going to hang up from the call now, if you don't mind. That's cool. We'll cool. see you. Okay. Ending Bye. recording now. I'll send you... Cool. Okay. Excellent. Uh, Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. It was eerily scary that Illyria turned into Heath. That short moment there. <laughs> what? With the it's awesome. <laughs> it was like that was that oh. Heath. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so theories. Next episode is called, called Meltdown. Oh, thanks, Shane. Mel- Thank you. <laughs> I want the next episode. It's called Meltdown. Yeah, it's Meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, he he verbally he verbally elbowed me in the face just to say that line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, who is going yes. to have a meltdown, or what is going to have a meltdown, or are they going See, to that's meltdown the thing. Crichton? Ooh, nice. Um, I am going to say. Sorry. I'm... What? Ooh, nice. That just made me laugh. I don't know why. Sorry. Just, Sorry. The way you said okay. it. Sorry. Mm, you can edit that out. No, that's cool. Um, my theory is so it's going to be. It's going to be a double. It's going to do the Joss Sweden thing and be a double meaning. It's. Uh, they're going to be simultaneously trying to stave off a meltdown of the Red Dwarf, maybe main reactor or whatever their engine is, Uh, and somebody will be having an emotional meltdown. Maybe Lister is finally going to crack and realize that he's lost in space and he's never going to get back home and have a meltdown. Um, But I think whoever it is, it's going to be a double. It's going to be somebody having a meltdown Mm -hmm. and the ship having a meltdown. That's my theory. I, I'm going with they're literally melting Crichton down. Why? For some reason. Or maybe maybe like another planet is melting him down and they're trying <gasps> to save him. A, planet, a planetary meltdown. Ah, I didn't think of that one. But uh, I'm trying to think of what... St- sticking by my theory. What things we haven't seen from the opening credits. Hmm. Is there anything? I'm not sure. Maybe some sort of... Uh, the the Godzilla thing, like the Mecha Godzilla. Oh, that's right. Majigger. You are so right. The giant bird that looks like Godzilla. Uh huh. So that has to pop up, or that could be the one thing that, that we see that's not in the in the series. <laughs> There's always one. There's usually one. Yeah. So cool. Well, join us to find out how utterly, utterly wrong you are. Uh, you know, if you want to send us some feedback, you can do that on the Facebook group. Uh, if it's spoilery feedback uh, that we're not going to get to for a while yet, uh, you could do that on the spoiler group. You could uh, send us an email at uh, the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com. That's spelled G-mail. 
you could Twitter at us at twitter.com slash intro. You could send your much more awesome alternate universe self on a one-way trip just to meet up with us and uh, give us your feedback. <laughs> um, in fact, that would be kind of cool. But either, anyhow you do it, uh, keep keep feedbacking with us because we like to hear from y'all. And uh, so glad to be back after a nice break. We hope you all had a Merry Christmas, Before a Happy Hanukkah, we- a joyous Kwanzaa, a cheerful winter solstice. Uh, a fantastic festivus and you know whatever the heck else y'all are celebrating before we before we go I just want to mention a quick thing Um, our good friends over at Ganymede and Titan um, because it's this is Ganymede and Titan because this is the 2013 the 25th anniversary of Red Dwarf I'm actually doing a poll to find out what is uh, everyone's favorite that's spelled Gmail uh, you could Twitter at us at twitter.com slash intro. You could send your much more awesome alternate universe self on a one-way trip just to meet up with us and uh, give us your feedback. <laughs> um, in fact, that would be kind of cool. But either, anyhow you do it, uh, keep, keep feedbacking with us because we like to hear from y'all. And uh, so glad to be back after a nice break. We hope you all had a Merry Christmas, Before a Happy Hanukkah, we- a joyous Kwanzaa, a cheerful winter solstice, uh, a fantastic festivus and you know whatever the heck else y'all are celebrating before we before we go I just want to mention a quick thing um, our good friends over at Ganymede and Titan um, because it's the, this is Ganymede and Titan yeah, because this is the 20, 2013 uh, the 25th anniversary of Red Dwarf I'm actually doing a poll to find out what is uh, everyone's favourite um, episode is of all time so if you so if you so if you've seen the entire series, please go and visit uh, Ganymede and Titan, um, and you'll find the poll link on our site. 